Welcome to Sports, Screens, and Something Else. Join two friends as they give their unfiltered opinions on the world of sports, the entertainment industry, and a little bit of something else. And now, your hosts, Will Dickerson and Trevor Pace. Well, everybody, you may notice today that Trevor and I sound a little different than usual. I've been sick for about a week, and you've been a little sick as well, right? Yeah, it means we sound sexier. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. So Trevor's going to bring the energy today. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fall asleep over here on this side of the desk, and uh, we're going to manage to do a podcast anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're really selling this. <laughs> This podcast, we're really, uh, you know, giving it our A game today. This is the earliest we've ever done a podcast. That's true. We're usually in the evening, yeah, very late at night, and uh, and and now we're in the afternoon. Yes, it's usually when I'm taking a nap at work. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Will. Hey, what? Happy New Year's Eve. Oh my gosh! Today is New Year's Eve. Today is New Year's Eve. and uh, do you know that uh, that uh, 45% of Americans make New Year's resolutions well? Really? Yeah, it's true. In fact, we're going to talk about uh, New Year's resolutions later and uh, something else. But uh, Are you one of those 45%? I am not. Okay. You? Uh, I think unintentionally. I, I think New Year's is a good time to feel like I should lose some weight. Just like a Monday feels sure. like a good time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, do you know that about one million people gather in New York City's Times Square to watch the ball drop? Of course, this is typically. It's not going to yeah. be this year. Uh, this year, that I think all of that is canceled. Or, or well, so. hopefully. It seems like the longer the virus goes, the less uh, dangerous it becomes, perhaps. Yeah, sure. So hopefully maybe next year we'll get a million people back there. I'm not going to go. No. I would, would never ever, go. Yeah, you would never go. I would never go. That'd be terrible. But have you seen, you see pictures of it and everyone is just like crammed in like sardines. And it's super cold it's New York. It's really cold. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I, you have some drunk guy breathing down your right. neck. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have no interest. I agree with you. But I'm glad other people go. Yeah, no. Uh, those people need to make sure to lock their cars, Will. You know why? Because according to statistics from the National Insurance Crime Bureau, uh, vehicles are stolen on New Year's Day more than any other holiday. Why? Uh, people are partying and don't lock their cars. Like, do you think it could be that they just left their car at the bar, walked home, and then forgot where they left it? <laughs> so they call their insurance call company. Someone stole, stole my car. <laughs> Very possibly, very possibly. Uh, but uh, happy New Year's to you, Will, Thank and you. to uh, all of our listeners. Hope your Christmas was good. Yours, Will? How was it? Uh, it was great. The kids loved it. I made uh, my son cry, which was great in a good way. Okay, not in the usual bad way. Okay, <laughs> your a, a turn from your typical exactly uh, you know, parenting torment. style. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it was it was really good, and then I spent like the entire day in the bathtub because I felt like crap. But Christmas morning was very good. Okay, all right. Well, Will, uh, with that uh, image of you in the bathtub all day long, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get into sports. You know you like it.
Sports. Okay, Trevor. Yes, sir. I don't know if you know this, but John Madden died this week. Yeah, a lot of people uh, have been dying recently. Yeah. Legend. Betty, Betty White died Betty, today. Betty White, just a few weeks shy of her 100th birthday. Did you see that she had the, uh, she has a, a People's Magazine cover yes. coming out. Yes. It's already been yeah. like published yes. of her turning 100. I know. <laughs> and she didn't make it. I know. <laughs> poor, the, poor Betty White. Irony. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, she had a good run. She did, uh, and and John Madden had a good run too. He was he uh, he lived a long, full life. John Madden did. Yes, and from a football perspective, there's lots of things to go into with John Madden. So I I kind of want to go into um, what one of his players felt about him, and then um, go into some of his accomplishments, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to ask you. What do you think will be his longest or most uh, impactful legacy? Okay. On football. Okay. okay. So this is Terrence Moore. Um, he played for Al Davis, but uh, John Madden was still in the building with him. Okay. Um, Terrence Moore was writing for CNN, and this is what he said about him. Madden was a prolific and volatile NFL head coach, a charismatic broadcaster, an accomplished pitch man, and a best-selling author. He also helped produce a few video games during his spare time. I don't know if you knew this. Yes. The wildly popular Madden NFL football. He rode, uh, he constantly rode his custom-made bus, the Madden Cruiser, from coast to coast. Do you know why, Trevor? I don't. He was terrified of flying. I did not know that. (laughs) He refused to fly. Wow. And so he would have this custom-made bus. Okay. uh, That he would... Drive all over the country. Um, and he, everybody loved for Monday Night Football when he would show up mm-hmm. in his bus okay. and everybody would go nuts. Interesting. Um, but Terrence Moore talked a lot about, um, how Al Davis took the best from John Madden, but then would often talk about how John Madden used to blow up with players a lot. Okay. So I always think of John Madden as being this fun go lucky guy up in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing his like why can't Troy Aikman grow a beard thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a funny video if people haven't seen it. But he actually gets that on the telestrator and shows like this is where the five o'clock shadow is on Troy Aikman's face, and this is where it stops. He can't grow a beard. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Instead of analyzing the game, yes. he's talking about his beard. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. So that's what I think of John Madden. Sure. But apparently as a coach, he was pretty hardcore. And he was the head coach for the Raiders for 10 years, and they did very well, setting up Al Davis to obviously go on and win some Super Bowls. Right. Uh, most people probably, uh, my dad's age, know him as the broadcaster. Right. Uh, from 1979 to 2009, uh, he spent his broadcasting time winning 16 Emmys, uh, wow. covering 11 Super Bowls for four different networks. So he was kind of the pioneer into making televised football a super watchable thing. This was before the yellow line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people had to have something entertaining to listen to sure. while uh, his partner would sit there and actually tell people what was going on. Right. And then obviously he started the Madden NFL franchise of video games right so of all those things what do you think is his most lasting legacy 
And why is it the bus? <laughs> why is it the bus? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, in line with the bus, the uh, Madden Cruiser, uh, he was great at branding, and he had a great yeah. brand. he had a great brand. Uh, his, his name was a brand uh, unto itself. Um, I think his legacy will be divided into two parts. Uh, one, as you indicated, the uh, older generation, um, more familiar with his broadcasting, and then the younger generation, more familiar with the video games. Right. I, you know, um, my son doesn't know who John Madden is, but he knows what Madden football video games are. Uh, so he will, you know, that will always be what he thinks of uh, is Madden uh, video games. Uh, but yeah. myself, I, even kind of me in that middle ground where I experienced both, I actually, um, I probably actually think more of him as a broadcaster. No, I do too. Uh, his, he had such a delivery that was, um, uh, easy for imitation mm -hmm. and, and mockery. I mean, how many jokes. people have a John Madden impression? impression right? Yeah. Yeah. Frank Caliendo. Frank Caliendo <laughs> is, uh, is famous. Yes. Um, and so I think that's really what, and his way of, of, of his breakdown was so, <laughs> like you said, with the beard, like he would, he would talk for 20 minutes about, you know, you you need to get the ball across into the into the end zone. If you, if if you want to win this game, yeah. you got to score more points. Yes, yes. Well, thanks, John. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and uh, so, with all of that, I think that that will always be his most memorable. See, and I'm the same way. I think of him more as a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Now, it could be that I lived in that weird in between time where he was the broadcaster of the video games, right? And that's why they have his name on them. It's because for the first several, he did the broadcasting for the little digital people. Mm -hmm. And so I associate him more with the broadcast. And then I, I love uh, listening to Frank Caliendo just uh, do all of his greatest hits yes. back to back. All the nonsense. Yes. <laughs> These good football players make good, good football plays. Yes. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Exactly. Stuff that, but the way that he would deliver, even those seemingly was, stupid, inane yes, things, right. was super entertaining. Very entertaining. He had a, um, uh, a personality that was magnetic mm -hmm. and people were drawn to it. And, uh, yeah, I, for sure, that's, that will always be what I think of. I want to go back to, you know, you, you made a mention about, uh, his legacy being somewhat tarnished with, him being volatile. Yeah. You, you pretty much just, uh, summarized all NFL head coaches. <laughs> well, especially you know in that I mean? era. Especially yeah. with that era. But I, I don't know. I, I think most, don't you think every NFL coach has gave a verbal tongue lashing, if you will, to yeah. their players at one point? Well, I think that there's, like, Quinn Snyder and Jerry Sloan are not the same when it comes to those types of things. Okay. Right? Now, I have seen Quinn pop off. Oh, I have, too. But uh, Jerry would really break you down, you know would what he? I mean? Um, he was not shy. Yeah. I, I imagine it's the same. Like, yeah. 
NFL coaches today would not make it personal, probably. Probably not. Whereas NFL coaches back in the day would grind you into the dust. Well... Screaming at kids used to be how you coach. Yes. Um, uh, who's who's the uh, famous Lakers and Bulls coach, Jackson? Oh, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, thank you. Yeah. Phil Jackson was known for calling his players names uh, <laughs> while they were playing, mm-hmm. uh, mocking their toughness, uh, using language that we don't use on this podcast. <laughs> and And... So I I think it's very like oh cho- yeah people are being very nitpicky and choosy when they try to uh, bring up somebody being listen I'm not saying that I want to be that guy's best friend or anything like that I don't know how Madden was uh, oh I do want to be John Madden's life, best well, friend <laughs> in his personal life outside of football sure. especially after he retired mm-hmm. I don't know him from from Adam of course but that's not why. I don't. You do. I don't idolize him as a role model or oh, anything sure. like that. I I think of him as a personality, uh, and that's where he stays for me. You do bring up something interesting about. It is weird, like right after someone dies, that someone's so universally beloved. People are like, well, he wasn't all that great. Yeah, like, shut yeah. up. It's it's our tendency to 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 pull down people that yeah. that. Uh, I've been elevated. I guess for for whatever reason, people who are universally loved. Mm-hmm. Some people find it cool to find bad things about. Well, well that's that's yeah. That I'm like, is... if the worst thing you can say about the guy is that he would pop off and yell at people, I'm like, then that's every head coach of that era. Right. It doesn't bother me one no, bit. No, in fact, it's actually and we could talk about this in movies, but uh, some sometime, but. Um, it is the media and Hollywood's tendencies to win a, you know, how many documentaries have you seen where they take a person that is a beloved personality and they do a expose type uh, oh, yeah. biography or, you know, uh, where it's like, yes, this lovely person that everyone thought was great. Um, they recently did it with like, um, uh, Judy Garland yeah. uh, and the Ricardos, uh, Lucille Ball and all this stuff. And, and like, oh, here's their dark side, you know, like, here's all the stuff you didn't know. Yeah. And like, w- why? Like, why, why can't we just have a, why can't we have a biography that's like, here's all the great things they did and, and nope, we have to, uh, here's the obstacles a, they overcame. Yeah. We have to take all the shine off. I of, don't know. Yeah. We anyway. should talk about that one day. It, it It is interesting to me that we seem more fascinated with uh, people's flaws right, right, than correct. their good traits. Right, exactly. And when it comes to John Madden, love the guy. Right. But by far, his lasting legacy, I think, will be the video games. Mm-hmm. Billion dollar video game every year. Yes. it's uh, <laughs> it, it That a... will go on in perpetuity until that cow doesn't make any more milk. That's true. Well, Will, uh, if you're cool, let's uh, move on to my topic. Yeah, go for it. So, Will, uh, it is we are right in the middle of bowl season uh, for college football. Yeah. Uh, and it's too bad BYU's bowl got canceled. <laughs> it, uh, 
it should have gotten canceled. Um, easily the the low light of, of the uh, season for me of uh, of the bowl season. Yeah, um, what a way to go out with a whimper. Yeah, oh my gosh, it totally it takes all of the wind out of their season as just wah, wah. you get the you get the sad trombone like, at the end of your season. BYU, I, good job. Anyway, I, I I can't. We have to move on. My, my I, head hurts. Yeah, about exactly. It. Give me a headache. So, but I wanted to talk about um, a couple of different uh, issues with the bowl season, and one is the uh, bowl game cancellations. Have you seen this? Yeah, um, a bunch. So yeah, uh, four teams that I've seen yet, uh, or four bowls impacted. Uh, Miami was a big one that pulled out of the of the Sun Bowl. The I Sun Bowl. Uh, Did you see the end zone? No. Instead, so instead of uh, in the end zones, you obviously spray paint the team's name sure. in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, for these bowl games, they like just lightly painted over them and then painted the new name on. Um, and they had, they've had they had to do that like three times. Yeah. And so the end zone looks like a giant gibberish mess. <laughs> I need to, I'll need to look it up. Because they keep on getting new opponents. Right. In fact, I, what I was going to say was uh, Miami canceled on the Sun Bowl and then uh, Boise State canceled uh, in the Arizona. It was the Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports. It was uh, the first one, right? Arizona. No, I don't believe they were the first. Uh, Hawaii was, I think, one of the first ones. No, I meant it was the first barstool bowl. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. So part of what I'm, what I wanted to talk about was, okay. So what ended up happening was Boise pulled out. They canceled. Central Michigan was already there. So Central Michigan was already uh, there at the bowl, and Boise State calls up and says, nah, never mind, we're canceling, we're not coming. First, so unfortunate, because much of these bowls, a lot of them are not super profitable for these teams. Right. Um, it's almost a net positive. Uh, the cons- the, these the consolation big- bowls don't pay out uh, like the big t- bowls. Right. Right. A lot of the costs that are incurred for these teams are the travel. Mm-hmm. So Central Michigan already paid for the, I don't know if they pay the hotel. I'm assuming they pay the hotel. They pay the, uh, travel and, you know, they have all of their equipment, uh, you know, driven there or shipped there or whatever. And then Boise State lets them know. I've been like, Thanks that you know would have been nice to know yesterday, right? You know, before we get, before we came. before we got on um, the bus. But then what happens is okay. Then Miami cancels for the Sun Bowl. So then uh, Central Michigan leaves to go to the Sun Bowl, and and they played that as you said, right? So then what happened? So I want to talk about kind of what are the repercussions? What should happen? Now, Barstool Sports, they pay all this money to be a sponsorship of this bowl. That bowl doesn't get played. Uh, what should, should Boise be held accountable? Should they be forced to play? Uh, is it a, you know, should it be a contract type situation? Should they have to, if they shouldn't be forced to play, should they be forced to pay? Um, is it their responsibility to Well, pay? in the case I, of Central Michigan, they should pay. I, I Just be like, hey, let us take half the cost. Yeah, oh, I think so. Of you traveling. Absolutely. Because we, 
<laughs> we pulled a fast one on you. That's yeah. such a jerk move. Yeah, this is such a jerk move. I I am so. Listen, I get people not wanting to get people sick and all this stuff. Mostly, I think it's crap, though. I I think, listen, put your people in quarantine or do whatever, but uh, you know, take your take your vaccines, yeah. take your boosters, and just freaking play the game. I feel something similar about players that opt out of bowl games because uh, they exactly. don't want to hurt their draft stuff. Yes, and I wanted to talk about that as well. To me, to me, they're the same. Okay. If you signed up to be part of something, then do it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't find an excuse not to do exactly. it. Exactly. Don't feel like my interests are better than the interests of the team. Right. So to me, the two situations are the same. Boise State saying... Eh, some of us might get hurt. We feel like we're going to have a good year next year. Uh, the ball doesn't matter anyway. Right. So, sorry, Central Michigan, we're not showing up. Right. Because reasons. Right. That's a that's a crappy move. Yes. And then, at the same time, for the best player on your team to say, I'm going to get drafted. Yeah. And I understand that's a business decision. But that's not... It is also a human decision mm-hmm. to tell your teammates, I'm more important than you. Exactly. I got to think about number one. Exactly. And peace out. So I agree with you. Um, is there a remedy? Yeah. What's interesting, real quick, I was going to mention the Rose Bowl. Uh, Utah is playing in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. Ohio State has already had like four or five players opt out of the bowl. For them, no offense to all you Utah fans, but it's the truth. They don't want to be there. They thought that they were going to be in the playoff. playoff yeah. Um, they don't want to be there. You're a consolation prize. Uh, and Utah is stoked to be there. This is the greatest thing for Especially them. Especially after how the, their season their started. Season started. Yeah, for sure. So now, um, they're wanting to play. They're, I assume that Utah will win, uh, tomorrow. Um, and uh, run away with it because I don't think Ohio State wants to be there. In large part because half of their team is, you know. Peaced out already. Yeah, peaced out already. So I think that there is a remedy coming for that. Um, Is there a remedy? Is there a fix for um, the teams canceling on the bowls? So outside of just COVID. Because COVID might go, let's say COVID goes away and that's no longer a thing. I think you still might see teams saying you know never mind we're not going to play this and i think that's because the bowls that they're going to don't really matter that they are making none of them matter outside of the college football exactly yep and and that's why if you're not in the college football playoff all of your players are piecing out all your best players yeah so to me you have one fix for both problems okay and i know people love the consolation bowls because they're as soon as you get six wins, mm-hmm. your team is going bowling, and you have something to look forward to at the end of the year, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. To me, you expand the football playoff to eight or 12 teams. I don't care which. Mm-hmm. And then those are the only bowls played. Yeah, I agree. I think I think in if there is a case to be made for the consolation bowls, you need to get teams that are – equal have the equal record or similar record Mm -hmm. because generally speaking 
Half of the teams want to be there because they are trying to prove something. They're happy to be there. They're in the Utah's situation. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then the other half are people feel like their um, season was a disappointment. They lost their last game. You know, the Oregon's right. they're the they're in the Oregon Ducks situation. We should have won that um, uh, title game. The conference. Uh, playoff game. Oregon's and, really been second it up lately. Yeah, and so they're <laughs> you know they're going into their bowl thinking ah, we don't want to be here. Who cares? Right. So what you need is sometimes you have a game where Utah plays a or BYU plays like Wyoming that one year mm-hmm. or San Diego State where both teams kind of had something to prove. They weren't at the top of their uh, conferences, or um, they were kind of middle of the road, eight, right. nine, nine wins. And having another win, having that 10-win season, uh, would have been a big deal for them. So what if it was something like this? You had a 12-team playoff. 12-team just works out great because you have four weeks of bowls anyway. Sure. Make the first week a bye week, then you have three straight weeks of these playoff games well, and then your championship yeah. game. But what if all of the conference champions that aren't in the 12-team playoff, so mm-hmm. all of your G5 conference champions, what if they played in bowl games to pad it out? So your Mountain West champion plays your Sun Belt champion. Right. And your Conference USA champion plays the WAC champion. Right. Or whatever. Right. And you could have other bowl games and would have a championship feel. Right. Like, we'll prove that our conference is better. Yeah. That even would probably make it better. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. But you'd still have some players opt out because it doesn't matter. Potentially. So, my thought with my fix for uh, players opting out is the NIL. Uh, uh, oh, deal. have it part of the... Part of the, uh, the sponsor's agreement. Don't, wow. if, if you are built bar and you're paying BYU players to go up there and be like, I love built bar. <laughs> oh, I love built bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want your, your play? You're paying them lots of money. Oh, Do yeah. you want them sitting out the biggest game of the year? No. No. So you make it part of your contract to say, you will play that, that bowl game if you go, because I'm not going to pay you to, to drink, you know, X sports drink Mm -hmm. or whatever uh, and you not play the bowl game because that's where all the eyes are on you and especially outside of your you know uh, market or whatever Uh, the bowl games are where most of the country is going to see you Uh, you know what maybe this is just a failure of parenting well (laughs) Well, think about think about Tyler Algier right he's had one of the best Seasons for a running back ever mm-hmm. in BYU history. Mm-hmm. He knew he was going to get drafted. Yeah. And he shows up to the bowl game anyway. Yep. Plays his little heart out and we still lose. But he was there, dang yeah. it. I think most players are like that. Uh, I I get it from a business perspective oh, of yeah. sitting out. Um, it's a selfish thing, but it also, you know, I you, you make the point of if these people get injured... Um, it's their livelihood. Getting, I know, and I totally line. get that. That's why the uh, sponsors, the NIL, you know, the people paying uh, these athletes need to make it part of their contract so that they are getting paid. That's a good idea. I also, yeah. To show up. Think, anyway. So, 
I'm very pro-capitalist. I'm very pro-people going and making their money. I right. have no problem with people making money. Right. But capitalism shouldn't always also be a uh, system of ethics, right? Sure. So, yes, you will go make money in the NFL. Is it possible you'll get hurt? Yeah. But don't you also, as a human being, owe it to your teammates to show up and play with them? Yeah, I mean... Oh. Yeah. That's just... It's I get weird it. to me. I get it. So a fix is make all the bowl games matter by turning them into playoff games and getting rid of the other ones. That's a good point. That's what I think. Well, Will, with that, let's move on to screens. Screens. So today we're going to do something a little different. We haven't done reviews in a while. It's true. So we're going to do two. Yeah. Back to back. Back to back. And then we're going to talk a little bit of the state of Marvel. Yeah. How we see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So it'll be 20 minutes, kind of we'll an amalgamation go, yeah, we'll just, of both of yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. So first, uh, we'll start with Hawkeye. Okay. Okay. Now, I think you liked the show more than I did. I did like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it okay. Yeah. I will say I liked it better than the other TV shows so far. Right. So for me, this comes number two. I like Loki. Okay. Loki was my favorite. Um, it kind of trailed off near the end there a little bit for me, but... The last uh, episode is just so dense with exposition yeah, yes. that you're like, what? What? It was. <laughs> and but, but Hawkeye, I think Hawkeye is elevated for a number of reasons. We'll talk about some of them. But one was expectations were so low for me. When the trailer yeah. came out, we talked about it. It looked ridiculous. Uh, it looked real bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked very hokey and slapsticky, and that was not at all what I was in. What I was interested yeah. in, and it wasn't that way, even a little bit. I don't. I mean, slightly perhaps, but not in a mm, not, not in a ridiculous. Not way. in a way that I thought it was going to be. Sure, I thought it was going to be dad jokes and fun action. The end. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. not what it was. Right. I thought. It, this, to me, is the most consistent Marvel TV show. From yeah. beginning to end, yeah. each episode felt pretty consistent. Uh-huh. There's not one that stands out that you're like, that one stunk. Okay. Like, each episode I thought was really good. Um, well, they were good. Now, I will say, they did something in this show that I wish Marvel did in all of their stuff. There's, there's a heat-like car chase in this one. Where it's one really long shot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're in the back seat while uh, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton are driving the car and shooting the arrows. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's just one continuous shot and all the stuff's going on. And it's a solid six, seven minutes right. of this one shot. Mm-hmm. And the action is extremely easy to follow. Yep. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Yep. And I haven't seen that in a Marvel show with yep. just those... Really smooth action scenes right, before. Right. Uh, that we, was really good. Um, I liked... Uh, so we're just going to get... Let's just get right into spoilers and stuff. So yeah, yeah. If, 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 you, if you haven't seen it or, or don't want to have it spoiled, of course, uh, skip skip uh, a lot of them. <laughs> but if you want to season. idiots pontificating, yes. here we go. Um, so I feel like the, this was a really good... See a series that was elevated largely by Kingpin, bringing Kingpin oh, in. Oh, interesting. The end. Uh, 
I had heard rumors that it was going to happen. I was so excited for it. I love the character from the Daredevil um, series on Netflix. And uh, having, same actor. Same actor. Having him come in was great. I loved it. So one of the things that um, uh, WandaVision got messed up big time. It, it would have changed the series for me was the uh, Evan Peters uh, Quicksilver not being Quicksilver. Boner. Yes. <laughs> right. Stupid. So dumb. I, I, I cringe to think about oh, it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, they missed the landing. They missed up big time. And they were going for a joke and they, they messed up big time. Had they done it and just had him be Quicksilver from another universe, universe it would have been Perfect. It would have been a great series. And it would have set up the Multiverse of Madness yes, really well. Yes, absolutely. The, the fact that they didn't do it is so it's insulting. Yeah, it's like you you had all of you had it was a layup and you screwed it up. Anyway, uh, so the fact that they didn't do that here and they brought in Kingpin was fantastic. But they kill him. Except for they don't. You don't you, think so? No, uh, 100%. Absolutely not. So that's one, that's why they go off camera. I guess. And, I just thought they, they didn't want to show somebody shoots no, him in the yeah, face. No, you, you, I guarantee you they either shoot away and it's just a shot like by the ear or, you know, something like that. Um, or where... Who you don't know that it was her gun being fired. It could have been someone else oh, firing. That uh, they shot her. That they shot her or shot. No, she's actually a, an antihero of some. Yeah, kind, they're right? actually going to make a series based on her. Yeah, I can't uh, remember what her e name is. It's Echo. Echo. That's Echo. right. That's right. So they're going to make a series on her, and for sure, Kingpin is going to be the the central character in that. He's such a. That's, huge figure oh yeah that you can't you can't kill him off what's weird is it'd be stupid just to bring him back for one episode yeah. just to kill him off it, it, i always associate kingpin with spider-man okay but yeah. there has yet to be a spider-man movie with kingpin in it right but <laughs> that's weird to me yes so we but we might be close to that so um anyway uh i loved that i thought some of the humor uh, with the series was pretty good. Um, Some was. Yeah. I didn't like the LARPers very much. I thought that was a little weird. They would, he goes to the LARPers in the woods to like, get oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Clothes back. Sure, sure, and sure. And then sure. one of them said, she's a police officer when she's mm -hmm. not a LARPer, right? Mm -hmm. And she, and she's like, so you need me to break in, tamper evidence, and bring back your arrows? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, sure. And I'm like, what the, what the heck? What, <laughs> There's I, no moral dilemma uh, here whatsoever. I mean, that's what makes it funny. I but guess. <laughs> I thought, I thought the uh, musical, Steve Rogers, the mu Rogers musical. I actually was, liked uh, it. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I want that to be a real thing. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I think it, it excelled because it, uh, overshot expectations. Did you like the twist that it was actually the mom that was the villain and yeah. not the father or stepdad yeah, to be? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I like that. Jack. Yeah, and I think that follows uh, a storyline in the comics. Uh, I um, like Jack's mustache a lot. Did you? Yeah, yeah I, I really like really, that That was one. a good, good, good mustache. Um, I liked... 
um, one, did you know that the lady that plays the deaf girl, Echo, is really deaf? Is she? In real okay, life, awesome. And she really has a, a prosthetic leg. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I think it was cool that they played in um, Hawkeye's um, hearing loss. Hearing loss. Mm-hmm. And that there, the moments where his hearing aid goes out or he loses it, it brought a depth to the fight scenes or to the scenes that he that, that occurred in. As in, okay, now there's a sense of urgency or a disorienting sense to those scenes. I really liked it. I want them to do more yeah, of that. And it almost made the fights more impressive because mm-hmm. he was still able to do what he does. Sure. Even though you know he's not 100%. Right. But it also makes the ending make sense where he, he has to pass the mantle off because he's obviously not going to be able to do this for much right. longer. Right. So all that's great. Um, there's a scene where he lost his hearing aid, but his son calls him. Mm-hmm. Right? That was a great scene. And it was a really poignant. Yes. And it made you really... It made you feel what it must be like for him to try to be dad, uh-huh. but also having to do the superhero stuff at the same time. Yeah, like, the, this has real-world consequences. And the, the, yeah, the consequence of not wanting to scare your kid or and, and trying to uh, tell your kid, you know, you love him and right. everything, but... He can't hear, and so anyway, yeah, you're right. It was a great scene. That was a great scene. Um, I, anyway, I really liked it. But part of what I wanted to talk about with this is I feel like it it was really elevated by bringing in uh, a new character that was kind of a surprise. Right. I had no idea Vincent D'Onofrio was going to be in this. Oh, really? So when he showed up, I was like. <gasps> He's from the Marvel, yes. the Netflix okay. ones. Yeah. And so that got me really excited. Yeah. And then same. they, in my opinion, shot him in the oh, face. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, what the yeah. heck? Yeah, that's what they want you to think, of course. <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I have no doubt that, that he'll be back. Uh, what didn't you like about so it? So there, I'll go into two main things. Okay. And it basically encapsulates everything I didn't like. Number two, they, Bring up the Ronin stuff, but mm-hmm. then they just kind of leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I killed a lot of people, and some of that was probably bad. Right. And now I've got a lot of enemies, and we got to stop them. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, could you go into that a little more? Because mm-hmm. I want, I thought that was going to be part of this movie, is showing that descent into vigilanteism mm-hmm. that he went through mm-hmm. out of grief for losing his entire family. He right. just started... Killing people. Well, actually, I feel like the disservice was actually done in Endgame that they didn't actually talk about that. Go into it. Yeah, they they bring it up in Endgame. They sh- they show that he was doing. He this kills thing. that Yakuza guy. Yeah, that... they do, he does. He has like two seconds where he's Ronin, and then up. Oh, I'm not Ronin anymore, and but I have this regret because I did bad things. And even Black Widow's like kind of scared of him in that moment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is a little. You got to calm down. You got to come with me. Like, he was a dangerous dude, and I feel mm. like they barely went over it. Wow, well, right. So that was one problem, but maybe that's an expectation problem on my part. But number two, I feel like as far as passing the mantle to Kate Bishop goes, mm-hmm. she did nothing substantial to help Hawkeye at all. In fact, I feel like she got in the way most of the time. Sure. And the passing of the mantle. 
could have been accomplished by him showing up at an archery tournament. She's good at it. I mean, like, you're Hawkeye now. Well, I think I <laughs> like your point is made, and, and the story would have been the same. I think part of the, I think what they were going for though was here is this person who doesn't know how to be a superhero, and she's kind of bumbling along, and he's trying to carry her along. He, he, definitely, she was attached in the story as a like. Get out of here, kid! You're not helping me. And but her wanting to be a, a you know, yeah. be part of it. I I had no problems with it because I would much rather uh, her be that way than the Mary Sue and being uh, oh, yeah. just being awesome. In fact, I, I I felt like maybe even a little bit on the fight scenes. Uh, she was a really good fighter for some reason, a little yeah, bit better. She did like than... this crazy backflip off the Yeah, her you're right. And then there are times where Kingpin is kicking the crap out of her, and somehow uh, she's fine. Yes. That dude right. just got hit by a car. Yes. There's no way the, you're okay. Yes. After... Uh, <laughs> that guy is throwing you through a window. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, but all in all, understanding that it is Marvel and they're going to do their Marvel things. Uh, I'd say ten donuts. Uh, that's ten, donuts. Ten, ten donuts. Um, all of them glazed. Okay. So no, nothing fancy, <laughs> but ten donuts. I will give it eight grocery store donuts. Okay, that's a solid. It's, or, that's it's a solid, okay. Okay, but I can get it pretty much anywhere. Sure. <laughs> Nothing special. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It's not bad. Okay. But they're not like gourmet. No. I felt like the story was just okay. Sure. Now, honestly, I thought the Yelena parts were the best parts of the whole series. Really, I felt like the opposite. There we go. I did not care for so, the... I just... I didn't care for the... I, I didn't care for yeah. the, the, the crappy accent, I think, or the, <laughs> the, 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 mac, the and mac and cheese, cheese. talk. So um, yeah, I, I felt like it was fine. But my wife liked loved that scene. So Did she? She yeah, she she got a kick out of it. Well, yeah. So yeah, I I felt like it was fine. Okay. I definitely, I thought it was very consistent. That one action scene in the car chase is incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some really good things about the show, but uh, I felt like it was just okay. Okay. Well, with that, Will, let's move on to the next review, which is Spider-Man. Yay! <laughs> so, I also really enjoyed Spider-Man. I loved this one. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I don't know if it... I almost still think it's probably the worst of the newer Marvel Spider-Man movies. Um, this one is? Yeah, in my opinion. It's one of the worst of the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I you like to the, take that opinion and put it straight in that garbage can. Okay, <laughs> that's not to say it was bad. Oh, I just man. really liked the other two uh, very well. I okay, people are probably screaming at their <laughs> phone or yeah, radio yeah. because of uh, a lot of people didn't like the Far From Home, uh, the last one. I really liked it. I thought uh, Mysterio was a great bag. I th- I thought I anyway. We've talked about it already. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. This Spider-Man was very good. Um, had great elements to it. Um, story-wise, meh. It was, it, it, it left some to be desired on the story. Yeah, I will, 
you and I agree, the setup for this movie is stupid as heck. It's very, very <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Basically, Peter Parker can't get into college with his friends. Right. Looks up and sees some Halloween decorations mm-hmm. and goes, Hey, that's a wizard. I know a wizard. Right. I'm going to go ask him to delete everyone's memory in the planet. Right. <laughs> so I can get into college. Right. And then... That's the setup. That's the setup. Uh, Spider-Man goes to uh, Doctor Strange, says, Hey, make everyone forget. Doctor Strange is like, That's a very dangerous uh, spell. Sure, we'll do it. And, and then let me just start it without talking yes, to you. First. They don't game plan at all. <laughs> a much better uh, idea would have been, hey, let's just make everyone forget that Mysterio said this thing, and they forget that, and and you don't have a problem. Well, and Doctor Strange is all pissed at him afterwards. He's like, you know, you can just appeal, you know, right? <laughs> like, why didn't we talk about that? Yeah, why like. Just take five seconds yes. and be like, okay, what do you want to do, the spell to do? Exactly. Why? Right. Do you know you can appeal admissions? Yeah. Great. Now I don't have to cast a spell that'll end the universe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was really stupid. I felt like they could have done things, especially of like your biggest dilemma is that you can't get into college. Right. Like. Bummer, man. Yeah, bummer, man. You can't get into MIT. I'm sure Pepper Potts could probably hook you up somewhere. (laughs) I'm, you know, go to your local community college and and hash it out there. And you know, that's that's a plot element in a lot of these recent Marvel movies that blows my mind. Mm, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're broke and they can't get a loan to help the Yeah, boat. just really stupid stuff. A lot of these other things, they're like, well, we're really poor. Well, being an Avenger doesn't pay. Call Pepper Potts. Yes. She's one of the wealthiest people on the planet. Yeah, right. I'm sure she's like, yeah, I'll give you some money. Exactly. I, I, nobody ever talks about it. Right. It blows my mind. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. But yeah, the setup is completely stupid. But, or, or Shield, you don't think Shield? You it know, pays like, their people. Yeah, I, or <laughs> get, anyway, whatever. It's dumb. Yeah, very dumb. But everything after the setup, I thought was great. I agreed. I I thought it it was very good. So I, again, big time spoiler town. Yes. What did you think of the other two Spider Men coming in? Andrew uh, Garfield, Tobey so, Maguire. This was the worst kept secret in Hollywood. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Everyone knew this was going to happen. As soon as you saw Doc Ock, yeah. like, oh, yeah. Tobey Maguire is going to be in yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Um, could you imagine not having that payoff? I would there? be so pissed. <laughs> For sure. You got Alfred Molina but you and, uh, Will, Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe, but you did not get Tobey Maguire. Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that was great. I think... Um, it, it brought in some nostalgia. It kind of uh, elevated those two Spider-Men. Uh, and because they both kind of ended in a in a failure, in a, in a whimper, uh, Andrew Garfield's uh, series got canceled. Uh, they didn't even make the third one. And then Tobey Maguire's the, the Spider-Man 3 was awful. Uh, and, and they they were gonna write Spider Man four, but yes. Sam Raimi refused to do it. Yes, and yeah. then they just turned it into the uh, reboot. Right. Yeah. So and now I've seen bunch of a uh, bunch of articles online about uh, people asking for another Art Andrew Garfield movie uh, as oh. him as Spider Man, and Sony bringing him back and in his other universe and doing another Spider Man movie and the Jamie Foxiverse. Yeah, something like that. And you've really opened it up to where that 
those possibilities exist. Uh, I would I would like to see the Tobey Maguire. Uh, you think he'd again. do another one? Uh, you know what? Yes, he's not doing anything else. That's he's, uh, fair, and I, I thought he was great in this. He, he was didn't... he was he was my highlight. Uh, yeah, I, the the scene where he comes in and he stops. Uh, uh, Peter, they yeah, that Tom Peter, Holland, Tom Holland, Tom Holland's Peter Parker uh, from killing um, uh, Green Goblin was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree that they missed with him being stabbed and being okay. Like if you're gonna stab him, you kill need him. to kill him, right? And if if you're not, if it's just gonna be like, oh, just it just hurts, or uh, I get stabbed a lot, is what he said. <laughs> that, was, that was so like. Dumb. Why do that? Like, why do the emotional manipulation if you're not going to do a payoff? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and that was my problem with the first two Spider-Man movies of the, of the MCU Spider-Man movies. Right. It's because I felt like Tom Holland was just kind of, he gets this fancy suit from Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And like, some of his friends are in trouble, but then he comes and saves the day. Mm-hmm. There's no real, like, permanent character change that happens in Tom Holland. Whereas in this movie, obviously there's a lot more weight, right? Very much so. And you see Tom Holland get pissed and try to kill somebody. (laughs) I feel like the stakes were being risen each movie. For the first one, he's in high school. It makes sense that the biggest problem for him is the, the girl that he likes... His, her dad is this bad guy, and right. he's trying to kind of uh, juggle those two. That's fine. I, I, I didn't have any problem with that, um, especially since he figures out who Peter Parker is or who's, who Spider-Man is. I thought that was great. Um, the next one, I felt like the stakes increased a little bit, especially as he outed who Spider-Man was. Yeah. Um, I felt like this one, though, was the first time the stakes were very personal to him. Sure. Right, sure. That he had to choose between getting revenge for Aunt May, or learning f- from the other two Spider Men. Right? Which, yeah, which is the story that has been done with, but with uh, uh, Uncle Ben, right? Uh, previously, um, so take that for me, what you will. Yeah, and it's every Bruce Wayne Batman story ever, right? Right. But I always thought that. Uh, Uncle Ben must have died off screen sometime before we met Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. But no, there was no Uncle Ben this time around, right? Well, that no, because he has his suitcase that has uh, Ben's initials Tom on it. Tom Holland does? Yeah. Okay. In, in Spider-Man 2, he has a briefcase and it has uh, Ben's um, initials. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um it just doesn't talk about him as being dead. Mm-hmm. So, um, who knows? He could still be around. Uh, could be. You don't leave Marissa Tomei. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, all in all, I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed it. I, I oh, wasn't yeah. disappointed at all. I, I really liked I loved having Daredevil. In there, amazing, amazing. I had a huge smile on my face as I sat there and thought, "Oh my gosh, uh, Daredevil is sitting across the table from Spider-Man, and how cool is this?" And so, quickly, we've talked too much about this. I'll just say, uh, I'll give it another ten donuts. Um, uh, 
one of them's maple. Ooh, uh, one of them's maple. One of them's maple. You, what, what would you, what would you say? I will also give it a ten out of twelve. Uh, Italian donuts. Ooh, Italian donuts. So fancy. Donuts. Fancy, fancy donuts. donuts. Okay. That this this movie felt distinct from the other Spider-Man movies to me. Uh huh. It felt more like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where every movie except the third one we don't talk about. Peter has some kind of real problem that he's got to choose to deal with in one way or the other. And he, and it's either going to affect his superhero wing mm-hmm. or it's going to affect his relationships with everybody else. Right. And this time, what I thought that this movie did brilliantly, why it, to me it's so good, is that the problems stayed permanent. Even though at the end Agreed. everybody did forget Peter Parker, mm-hmm. Aunt May's still dead. Yep. Um his he loses his friends. He loses his friends. And that's by choice. Yep. He tries to go reconnect but then decides maybe they're better off without me. Right. And he has to start over. Yeah. And now he doesn't have the support of his superhero friends. Right. He though the consequences were permanent from this movie. Yes. And for uh now. for now. For now. So I I really really liked it. Uh, I will say I teared up a little bit when Andrew Garfield got to save MJ. Oh really? Because he when Stacy died. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, and he talked about how that's the one person he couldn't save. Right, and he's kind of gone down this dark path ever since. Right, his redemption was there, and this was the redeeming moment mm-hmm. from his previous movie. Right, and you could tell he was a little emotional about it. Right, and that that is so good. There's so many very poignant character moments for each Spider-Man. Yep. That, and like, uh, Tobey Maguire preventing Tom Holland from making the same mistake yeah, he did. they weren't just in there. They they actually uh, mattered in, in right. terms of the plot. It, uh, it's like each one of them had their own uh, cathartic moment to their own series. Right. And so doing what they did, setting up the next Marvel movie... And having such catharsis at the end with all of your Spider-Man. And I love Spider-Man. Uh, it was just fantastic for me. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. The setup again was extremely stupid. Mm-hmm. Don't say stu- Scooby-Doo that crap. That's a really weird and awkward no. thing to say. Yes, absolutely. But overall, amazing movie. I just want to, We don't have any time. But I, I do want to quickly talk about the state of Marvel. Okay. And both Hawkeye and Spider-Man... I think excelled in large part because they brought in these crossover characters. They brought in uh, Kingpin from Daredevil. They brought in Daredevil uh, in Spider-Man. Uh, they brought in all these other Spider-Men from other Spider-Man and franchises Venom. and Venom. The 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 comic book universe allows for pretty much anything to happen. So make it happen, and we. When when Spider-Man first appeared in uh, Captain America Civil War, it was amazing to see Spider-Man across from Captain America and Iron Man. We hadn't seen that. We never thought we were going to see it. Right. And the fact that we were watching it was incredible. Now, uh, we have Spider-Man and Daredevil across from each other. We have, uh, now Disney owns the X-Men uh, yeah. properties. We want uh, Wolverine. Mutants. Yes, Wolverine and Spider-Man in a movie. Uh, yeah, so I think where the where Marvel is 
getting lost right now is you had back to back to back. You had a one division show. You had Shang Chi. You had Eternals and Black Widow. These are all very lesser known superheroes, and it's not that you can't grow to love those superheroes. But for every uh, Ant Man, you need a Spider Man. You need to infuse these lesser known characters. With super popular ones. But not only that, I think you need to make the matter, their uh, their movies, their storylines matter. Black Widow had no impact on the storyline. Right. As in, she died, and we already know that she's dead. That movie could have been impactful had there been something really, like, setting up, uh, yeah. brought in other characters. It really didn't. Um, nothing that was too new. Um, yeah. So I think they're trying to introduce too many unknowns all at once. Crap that people don't care about. Right. You have to infuse the characters nobody knows with characters that they do. Yeah. Shang Chi would have been much better had Doctor Strange been in it or, or Daredevil, Daredevil show Daredevil. up because they're both from the city yeah, and they're both yeah. martial artists. Yep. Yeah, right. Dunzo. Exactly. Right. Have yep. a Daredevil movie. Yep. And then have him run into this guy. Right. And then you can do a Shang-Chi movie, and right. I'm more interested. Right. But they're about to run into a, a bunch of movies of things that people know more. Uh-huh. Like Fantastic Four is coming out next year, um, and people know who the Fantastic Four are. Yeah, you have the new Ant-Man movie uh, has played – it's Quantumania. It takes in Kang, more multiverse right. stuff. You just – I just want the stakes to be upped every time. Like there needs to be impact. Right. There need. I don't need to. I don't want your movie to be so like irrelevant that if it if it didn't happen, not you know the story doesn't change at all. Right. That's how it is with Eternals. That's how it is with Shang Chi. Nothing really happened. You know, like, you yeah, could have gone I, to the end of those movies and nothing really changed. In I have no idea who the big bad is going to be. It's probably Kang, the Conqueror, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the next... Uh, big bad guy. Big big bad, yeah. But, like, most of these movies that have come out recently have nothing to do with him. Right. So there always needs to be a Kang angle. Just right. like with the the previous movies. You uh, always had the Purple Man. Yep, you always had Thanos somewhere. Even Guardians of the Galaxy, even though that felt pretty insulated, mm-hmm. there's still hints that they're talking to Thanos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have to make it matter as in the whole. Otherwise, I'm really not going to care about these characters. I don't know. Absolutely. Agreed. So I think they're going to start to do better because they're introducing characters that people actually care about. Right. Uh, but they they really need to f- make sure they don't abandon what people love about these comic books and these stories and just feel like they can throw crap at a wall and people are going to buy it. Exactly. Anyways. Um, well, with that, let's move on to something else. Something else. Huh? All right, Trevor. So I just got done moving. We're not unpacked all the way yet. We may never be. (laughs) Our basement is just full of stuff. Um, But we had a lot of people come and help us. I know you were willing. Mm -hmm. I already had like eight people there. So you would have just been in the way, frankly, Trevor. Most most definitely. (laughs) I'm happy to not be needed. Yeah. When When it comes to moving, yeah. 
the piano was epic, uh, very heavy, but we, um, we, we got everything in, we got everything out of the old house into the new house, had tons of help and it was great. And we had most of the stuff packed all ready to go. My wife did an amazing job moving successful. Excellent. But it made me think back and wonder about all of the terrible moving experiences that I've had. So I just wanted to share some moving horror stories with you. Okay. And see if you have any to match them. Okay. Um, so in our church, a big part of what we do um, is serve when called upon, right? Mm -hmm. People need help with something, we go. Right. And for a long time, it was really popular to get the guys from the ward to come and help you move, mm -hmm. move in, move out, whatever. Right. Uh, I kind of put a kibosh on that eventually. Okay. Because I set very strict rules after having these horror stories, these terrible things. So the worst one ever was probably um, this this nice woman that lived all on her own, and she was moving back to California. Okay. She needed help, and I was more than happy to get some guys together and help. I had some guys ready for one day. She called me that morning and canceled. Ooh. So I had to call all those guys and say it's off. Nice. She called and said, let's do this day. Great. Had everybody ready. Called again. Canceled again. She did that three times. Mm. And then on the fourth time, she's like, also, I need a truck. <laughs> I was like, like a pickup? And she's like, no, like a U-Haul. Oh, well, here's some numbers for mm -hmm. some. And she's like, could you do it? And this is like my first time trying to help. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll help out. So I like organize it Sucker. all. I got the truck. We get there. We get up into her apartment. What is she doing? She's sitting on her couch watching TV. Nothing in her house is packed. Nothing. There is not a single box in her apartment. Nothing is packed, Trevor. After canceling well, that's what you're there for. Well, three times. Yeah, no, that's what you're there for. And I'm just staring at her like, well, what are we supposed to take? And she goes, well, you can start with the kitchen, I guess. I was very mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but you did it. We did it. <laughs> we started throwing, we're throwing clothes into uh, pillowcases. And people are running home and grabbing all the spare boxes they've got. This is We're, after I left. Oh, I my gosh. I, I can't remember. It had to have been. I was so mad. I would have remembered that. I just can't imagine having people show up to my house to help me move and not have anything ready to go. Yeah, it happens all the time. Why? Because people take advantage of people. They think they... People are morons, too. <laughs> it's true. Like, people it's are, rude, right? Oh, abs oh absolutely. People are complete morons. Um, and they absolutely take advantage of free help. They they think it's owed to them, mm. um, especially if it is um, church-based or religious-based. They think that's what they're there for. They're there to serve me, and I don't need to do anything. Mm. It's, it's people taking other people in their service for granted now i have no problem with helping people pack stuff into their truck if they need it right i, I i'm totally for that mm -hmm. if you but you've got me for two hours mm -hmm. i'm only moving what is packed 
I'm not helping you pack. Mm-hmm. Those are very, and you're getting the truck, dang it. I'm not doing it. So in those situations, and if you have already contacted your friends and family and no one can help, mm-hmm. so all of your family's in California, mm-hmm. you're living here on your own, you work all day and all night, and you don't have anybody that can help. Totally. That's mm-hmm. what I'm there for. But people that don't even try to call their family, people that want me to pack for them, no. No. <laughs> I, yep, I get it. Um, so some of your other bad experiences, looks like, uh, you were almost squished by a refrigerator. Yeah, that was exciting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think that's every time I've ever moved a refrigerator. You've uh, always been squished? Almost, almost always have been squished. Or, uh, you like pull a disc or something. Oh, like yeah. Pull a muscle and, and. So I was just back from my mission. Okay. And we're moving people from, uh, one house to another. And they actually paid me to build their new kitchen. Oh, wow. So I just got done with that, and we're moving the fridge. And it's a huge fridge, like a giant farmhouse fridge. Okay. And it barely fit through the door. Sure. We had to take the front door off, and we had to take the handles off the fridge. Mm. And it's barely sliding in. Right. And they've got the dolly. Yep. And I'm just guiding it through the door, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They accidentally tip it up, and it was at the edge of the doorstep. So it tips up and just starts falling. And so I'm there on the other end, and I just hold out my hands and plant my feet. And it just goes, boom! And I'm sitting there holding this giant fridge, and I'm like, um, I need help! And because I'm blocking the doorway, they have to run out the back door and run all the way around this huge farmhouse to come and help me. So I'm holding this fridge up by myself for, like, what felt like an hour until they got around to help me. Nice. That was terrible. I should have had someone else on my side to help me out. <laughs> but I was young and stupid and just wanted to get it done, Trevor. Nice. Um, have you ever moved a gun safe? I have not moved a gun safe. I have moved uh, refrigerators. I have moved um, uh, uh, pianos. They're all terrible, awful. I, I do have a, a one moving story. Yeah, you, tell you me. If I share? All right. So I was a, a missionary, a, a LDS missionary. Uh, we are in. Uh, I I <laughs> I was lucky enough to serve in uh, Gillette, Wyoming. Nice. Uh, right. Yes. Very exciting. So that's God's country. God's country. Yes. So I'm there and. Um, the bishop contacts us and says, "Hey, the it was he was from uh, another uh, congregation, uh, not the one that we were assigned to, um, but he says, hey, we need some help moving this person, uh, this lady. Her husband's in prison. Oof, yeah, and uh, and she doesn't have any other help. She just she has a couple of uh, apparently a couple of things that need to be moved and, and needs your help. So." We didn't know where uh, exactly where she lived. We kind of had the uh, the cul-de-sac. Uh, it was a cul-de-sac with a bunch of townhomes. They said, she's not going to be there. That's always a good sign. <laughs> that is a good sign. She's not going to be there, but she's going to leave the garage door open and uh, go in and, and, and start uh, moving stuff. So we're like, all right. Well, we show up. 
And like you, Will, nothing is packed in this house. Nothing is packed. Clothes on the floor. This house is a disaster. It is, it is. I'm angry for you. Yeah, it looks like something (laughs) from, uh, you know, Hoarders on TLC or whatever, an episode of Hoarders. So what do we do as, as, as good missionaries do? Just like you, we get to try it. We're, we're like, get to work. Yeah. So we have like pizza boxes out. Oh. You know, <laughs> we're like, okay, well, what do we need to do? We'll start with the heavy stuff. So we start unload, we start unhooking their uh, washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we get these unhooked. We, uh, we have the, uh, we go dryer first because it's lighter, right? right? Mm-hmm. We have the dryer outside in, um, uh, in the garage. The bishop shows up. He has a trailer. Um, and we're about to load this, uh, this, uh, dryer, uh, onto this truck. Uh, the bishop says, hold on, stop. First, we want to, uh, let's get the freezer. They have a chest freezer. Uh, let's get that on first. And, uh, we're looking around in the, in the garage. He said it's in the garage. We're looking around the garage. There's no chest freezer. Well, and, uh, it hits us. We're in the wrong house. <laughs> no way. This is, is the wrong. wrong house. We've been rifling. <laughs> We've been rifling through this person's stuff. For like 30 minutes. You're stealing their appliances. <laughs> right then, we're holding the dryer. And right then, a cop pulls into the driveway. And we're like, holy crap. We rush this dryer back in. We're hooking it oh, up man. super fast. Uh, the, the bishop, he sees the cop coming and he's like, oh, we, we didn't know. We, we didn't know we were in the wrong house. And the the cop was like, he actually knew who the bishop was. And he was stopping just to say hi oh. to, the, to the bishop. Had nothing to do. He had no clue <laughs> what we were there for, what we were doing. It was so funny. Wow. Uh, and we hurry and hook this thing back <laughs> up. And we are out of there. And, and it's like three houses down. No and, way. Uh, and we go in there and this lady just needs like a few appliances moved. And, uh, we just were laughing about it so much. We, we thought, Can you imagine? This, this, well, you know, it's funny. We thought about this, this family. What, what if they came home right. while we were doing this? They're like, Hey, how's it going? Like, you can't just steal my stuff. <laughs> Caught red-handed, you know, stealing. Oh, like, no. how do you how do you explain that you're not there stealing their? <laughs> no, we're missionaries. <laughs> we're moving you. Stealing their stuff. Where this are you is, moving me? This, no, we were laughing about them. Oh man, coming home later and looking at their stuff in their house and being like. Who's been in here? Except for their house was such a disaster, they probably had no clue. They they are none the wiser, I guarantee. Oh uh, man, that is a true story, and that uh, is that, an ultimate that, story. That is my bad moving experience. Oh yes. man, that was a great one to end on. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's so, move on to your topic. Let's do it. So, Will, uh, with it being New Year's. Of course, I wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yay. Uh, annual repentance annual time. <laughs> I wanted to ask, do people actually do them with success? Uh, and why do we wait for New Year's? And why do we have New Year's resolutions? So a little bit of history uh, about uh, this uh, 
this phenomenon. Tra- yes, this tradition is it actually apparently started around four thousand years ago in Babylon. Uh, was the earliest recorded celebration honoring the coming of a new year. Really? Yeah. Okay. So calendars obviously weren't as they are today. Um, so. Um, yeah, they were lunar back yeah, then. Yeah, they were right? lunar. But regardless, um, the the festivities that were held at that time were dedicated to the rebirth of uh, of a sun god. Uh, and the Babylonians made promises in order to get on the right side of all of their gods. Um, and that was helping them to start off their year with uh, on the right foot. Okay. Um, resolutions continued on with the Romans uh, when the early Roman calendar no longer synced up with the sun. Uh, Julius Caesar decided to make a change. The Caesarian uh, calendar or whatever. Yes. So, uh, the, so January 1st, the first day of the year was to honor the god of new beginnings, uh, Janus. Um, gotcha. Of well, that's where July comes from because Julius Caesar implemented his own month okay. to try to fix the calendar. Oh, excellent. Um, and then Augustus did it later with August. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So the Romans celebrated the new year by offering those sacrifices to Jan- Janus or Janus. Um, to this day, those traditions uh, still hold. Uh, and so much so that Google launched a resolution map in 2012 where people could add resolutions and see others adding theirs in real time. However, no matter how many people participate in Google's project, the numbers are bleak when it comes to the amount of people who maintain their resolutions. Only 9.2% of people are successful in sticking them out. That makes sense. And, yeah, and that's about... Because repentance is hard. It is, it is hard. <laughs> Um, change is hard for sure. Yeah. So, uh, the most popular resolutions, of course, are everyone eat more. Yeah. Eat more, uh, <laughs> lose weight and, uh, to be healthier, uh, exercise, that sort of thing. Um, another one is, uh, get organized. Okay. Um, uh, save more money. Mm. Basically people are, uh, loose with their money. They have no self-control mm. and uh, are slobs. Yeah. You know, they, they, they need to get organized. You just describe my daily life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> quit smoking or other bad habits. Um, spend more time with uh, family, friends. Uh, or and, less time. Yeah, less, <laughs> in some cases, yes. And then uh, learn something new. Okay. So those are some of the big ones. Do you do you participate in this? Uh, and what would be your New Year's resolution? Not really. I fall into the Monday fallacy a lot. Okay. Where I feel like Monday's always a great time to start my goal. Uh-huh. Um, just because it's the beginning of the week. Sure. And I mess up by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'll start again next Monday. Monday, I'll really start. Okay. And then 52 Mondays go by. Okay. I'm like, well, now it's Monday and a new year. So Excellent. this time I really will do it. Oh, okay. So I guess in that way I am. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I was, I always find it funny when people make these like, grand goals for new year's resolutions right Mm -hmm. it's not like well i'm gonna eat a little bit better it's i'm gonna go from no activity at all to working out six days a week i'm gonna drop 230 pounds right uh i'm gonna hike mount everest Mm -hmm. you're like whoa (laughs) because then the problem is you mess up on one of those Mm -hmm. then you're like well i already failed and then you don't do any of them Mm -hmm. right 
So I do think New Year's resolutions are a little silly in that you can you can choose to change anytime. Right. Well, why the, do you think we wait to the beginning of the year though? I just why think, is that? I think it's the ultimate do? Monday fallacy. And, and it's funny that you mentioned Monday. Um, because some people wait till the weekend. Wait till uh, Friday or Saturday oh, to get no. things done. I'm eating queso with my Bengals game. Yes. Monday <laughs> is your is your uh, day to start things afresh, huh? Theoretically, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree. It is kind of funny that we don't just say right now. I'm, I'm you know I'm going to start right now. You know, in you know, October first to start eating healthy. I'm going to wait two or three more months. Uh, to to finally do that that's i've always kind of thought that was interesting i yeah i don't get bogged down with the july or january 1st i'm i'm going all in on this right i need to change um one thing i wanted to, to ask about was why do we never talk about things that we want to continue doing or not stop doing um a lot of times we are starting a new habit and you know like hey this past year in 2021 we, you know we we started a podcast yeah. why not have our a resolution where we say let's continue doing this thing um this was something that we liked doing we're going to continue to do that we don't think in that sort yeah, of yeah it's probably because it's the be- a new year kind of denotes new things, right? Mm. Not the same things. Mm. So it's probably just a frame of mind of what's going to be new. Mm. It's going to be me. A 180-pound will is going to be new. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's 60 pounds away. Yes. But I'll get there. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. So we should be looking at where we are, where we want to progress to be, mm-hmm. And then making sure that we keep doing the good things that are helping us be on that path. And then picking up a little progress in other areas, right? Mm-hmm. That should be how we change. Um, keep the good, out with the bad. And if you find something new that's good, seek after that, right? Mm-hmm. That helps you become what you want to be. Right. We, uh, I know Jake and I talked a couple episodes ago about purpose. Mm-hmm. And that should be the focus of your New Year's resolutions, if you're into that, to me. Okay. Um, Whatever's going to help you continue towards your purpose, that's what uh, you should make sure to keep centering your life around. Mm -hmm. Whether that's continuing doing things or adding in new things, um, just keep progressing towards that purpose. Um, whatever, Whatever that ultimate purpose for you is, make sure more of your life revolves around that. I think New Year's is a fine time to reflect on that, but you can do it anytime, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I think it's great that people want to improve and and better themselves. Um, I I do tend to agree with you that people make um, their goals so large that they're unattainable, they're right. not realistic. Um, you know, they don't follow that smart goal, uh, you know, strategy. Um, so absolutely of these, uh, of these goals that are, uh, tend to be the most popular. Is there any that, uh, speaks to you? So I'm really into the losing weight. Okay. Um, I have been for a while. I just haven't done it, but 
Over the past month, I've actually lost 10 pounds. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. And I already feel better. Great. Just to give everybody the update that I promised, mm-hmm. um, I'm down 10 pounds from where I was when we first talked. Okay. Uh, or when we made that goal that we're going to do this thing. I'm not down to 180 yet, but I am down to 240. Okay. And I already feel better. Great. Um, I feel lighter. And so that's one that I really need to do. Okay. Um, For me, I I have a goal of losing 20 more pounds. Uh, I just, uh, I need 25 more to get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Brian Regan tells a joke where he goes, I made a goal to lose 20 pounds this year, and now I've got 30 to go. And he goes, I gained 10 pounds to tell this joke. <laughs> I did not know that was a Brian Regan yeah, joke. Yeah, that's a Brian Regan. Um, but, uh, you know, the the holidays, uh, you know, they do their, they do their damage. One, one cool one on this list I've never thought about before that you have up here Helping others pursue their goals. Yeah, that is kind of an interesting one. Right? New Year's, I always kind of think of it as uh, a self, self self-interested kind of thing. Uh-huh. But turning it into how can I help family members around me mm. achieve their goals, right? Yeah. That's that's an interesting twist on this. I, I'm going to have to give that some thought. I've never thought about it. Yeah. Uh, maybe we, we we can help each other keep our goals or pursue our goals of... of uh, getting healthier. There you getting, go. Getting healthier. Um, and uh, you guys, the listeners, can help us as uh, we uh, give you guys updates on, on how... Email me every going. day telling me I'm fat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Will, that brings us to the end of another great episode. Uh, you were subpar. Uh, <laughs> As, you know what? As as you weren't feeling healthy, but yeah. you know I carried us through. Yeah, and, today uh, was your episode, man. I appreciate it. And uh, hey, it was great doing this again. It was nice to do it in uh, broad daylight. Yeah. So that was a that was a nice change. Um, Next time we'll try it at my new house. Yeah. The setup would... is at the far end of the hallway, away from my kids' rooms, so oh. it's possible that they can hear us. <laughs> We'll find out how that goes. <laughs> our, our our next episode may be us whispering the entire time, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it should be good. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, have a happy New Year's, and uh, we'll catch you again next week. Uh, as always, please email the show, leave us reviews, and share this uh, uh, podcast with uh, friends and family if uh, if you so choose. I love everyone, and Happy New Year's to you, Trevor. Happy New Year's, New Year's to you, too. Well. I'm going to go get drunk on cough medicine. <laughs> <laughs> See All ya. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports, Screens, and Something Else. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. If you want to contact the show, you can send an email to sssheshow at gmail.com. And join us next time on Sports, Screens, and Something Else.